As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growlin' Paulie, Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you late into the night here on Thursday night, Friday morning for us. Friday morning for you now as you listen to this. Um, this is the walkout. And uh, I don't have a score to report other than <laughs> Bengals 1, League 0 is probably how they feel coming out of this draft uh, where the first round breaks Pretty nicely for uh, the Bengals, and uh, they end up selecting Miles Murphy, edge out of Clemson, uh, number 28 overall. Um, as Zach Taylor called it earlier, a, a ser- scenario that he didn't really see happening. Well, maybe he should have read Jay Morrison's mock draft and he would have understand this is absolutely a scenario that you should have seen happening. And I think he was kind of blowing smoke a little bit. I think it's pretty clear when you look at, you know, we, we've, we've been talking about him for a while for a number of reasons, but it's been pretty clear. They saw him as a target from the very beginning. Jay, he made a top 30 visit. Mm hmm. Uh, Marion Hobby worked the defensive line at Clemson. Now he has connections at Clemson. It's not something he wouldn't do, mm-hmm. but he did that. Um, he fits the prototype. Lou Anarumo, we had him on that list, right? Uh, are you between six foot three and six foot five and noted for a high motor? Do you weigh between 263 and 273 pounds? You can be a Cincinnati Bengals edge defender because that's how every single edge they have invested in, drafted, or at all under Anarumo has looked like. And Miles Murphy is the prototype of that. So no wonder they were thrilled to see a prototype of that type of player still be around at that pick. And former Bengals D-line coach Nick Eason is now a D-line coach at Clemson. Uh, Miles still talks to Jackson Carmen, And the, the fit where... The, the one position where Lou loved, Lou Anarumo, defense coordinator, obviously, for, I know there might be some newer fans listening right now, but he loves to, to rotate those guys and, and mix and match. And the, he's, Mur- Murphy's just a perfect fit for that where you, 
You get him in here, you put him in the rotation right away, you move him inside, you let him rush from the outside. It's it, Lou talked about it where it doesn't matter how well you cover if you're not getting pressure on the quarterback. The ones in the AFC, as Aaron Rodgers just added to that long list of talented passers in this conference, they're going to pick you apart. So this is obviously the position that they valued the most, especially on that defensive side of the ball, to go target early. And it's interesting because you want you, you always play the what-if game, and, and what if they went corner? What if they went in a different direction? Well, you saw it right after the Bengals took Murphy, D-line, 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 to end the first round. He, he started kind of a run there to, to end of that first round. And we'll get into some of the dynamics of this first round, which were pretty fascinating for a long period of time uh, in a minute. But I want to talk a little bit more about Murphy and some of his fit. You know, the 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 thing is, the Bengals were not very good rushing the passer last year. Now, Lou would happily, as he did to us at the Combine, point out, look, we affected him well enough. We kept quarterback ratings down and that all worked together with coverage and everything else. He has a certain type of rush that he likes to do. He doesn't like the guys that just try to break through and leave openings behind them trying to flash to the pocket. It's, it's guys that are big enough and strong enough to push the pocket and, and rush with sort of a consistent motor that helps them, you know, chase down sacks and constantly be getting. They've built an entire defense off the philosophy of these guys that are the extra sideline to sideline types. You've seen it every week. I mean, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson are that to a T. I mean, to me, Miles Murphy is Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson in a lot of ways. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he plays right. like that. He's built like that. It's the same type of player. Um, and Osai has those same traits too, but maybe a touch smaller. And you know, when it's third down, the concept of putting Murphy, Osai, Hendrickson, and Hubbard out there, um, I think is super enticing. And they just had to get better at it. You know, um, they were towards the bottom of the league in sacks, which is a whatever stat, but, you know, middle of the pack and pressure percentage. You just, you, you had these long periods of time. You didn't feel like you were seeing them get after the quarterback. B.J. Hill was really taking a lot of snaps last year. Sam Hubbard talked to me at the end of the season about how, man, he felt like the game really changed for him when he started getting a little bit more breath, mm-hmm. when they started rotating a little bit more towards the end of the season. Um, and, and that's just something that they want to be. So you get a guy that I think is a long-term future at a premium position and someone who's going to get snaps immediately. That was a direct quote. Mm-hmm. He's going to get into the rotation right now. And uh, that's to be expected, considering with needs. So, you know, premium position hits them at a weakness from last year. A guy who Dane Brugler had ranked 21st overall on his big board, fifth amongst all edges. I mean, some drafts you saw him up as high as the, as the early teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all, all in all, makes it really makes so much sense, and it did from the very beginning. And it, it's I, I kind of see where Zach was coming from, even though I did mock him to the Bengals. It was just within the last week where you started seeing him kind of slip down in mocks for whatever reason. It wasn't – I don't think there was any kind of knock on him. It was just that there was other positions, the corners particularly, were starting to fly off the board. And that's part of what you're talking about, where that was fascinating, where Christian Gonzalez, Dane Brugler's number one corner – he falls all the way. What was he down into the, the teens, the mm-hmm. mid teens? Mm-hmm. Um, Forbes jumps up to 16. It was, it was really interesting the way you, you kind of, you never know how the drafts are going to go, but there's these little ebbs and flows and, and slides. 
and it, it benefited the Bengals really well. You, you wonder if Murphy hadn't been there, if they would have gone with one of those other edge guys, but I don't think any of them would fit the way that Murphy fits the profile they like. Yeah. So the guys that were, you know, ended up being available to them was a pretty nice group. Um, you ended up with Nolan Smith, surprisingly yeah. falling all the way down to them as well. Um, somebody who you saw in many spots up as high as 10, even, you know, mm-hmm. and, and has, you know, plenty to go along with, with his profile. Um, Joey Porter jr. Was still there at the corner position. Uh, Banks went off the board from, uh, Maryland and, and you mentioned Forbes going surprisingly early 16 overall. Shout out Ben Standig, uh, you know, who was the first person I saw have that anywhere in our mock draft this yeah. week, our beat writer mock draft and, and, and from the commanders making that play. Um, and kind of opened our eyes when we saw that happen. Like, oh, maybe, maybe he won't be around. It turns out he wasn't, nor was Van Ness or some of the other guys that you kind of heard mentioned. Um, but you're right. These edge guys kind of sat there. Now, Here's the thing about Nolan Smith. If, if you're saying, okay, should the Bengals have gone there? Or even uh, Brian Brzee, his, uh, Murphy's teammate at Clemson, uh, more of a three technique. S- Smith is not a fit. He, he would be something that they don't have. It, 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 they, they don't use the smaller guys. I mean, Nolan Smith comes in in the 240 range. Uh, he's more of kind of a big outside linebacker. It's not – the type of player that Lou Anarumo has used. Now, I thought it was notable. I mentioned the top 30 visit for Miles Murphy. You also had a top 30 visit for Nolan Smith. You had a top 30 visit for Michael Mayer, who were, was available. I, you know, I think Duke Tobin and the crew did a pretty nice job of pinning down what their universe might look like pretty clearly mm-hmm. to get those guys in there um, and, and, and find the player who they felt worked with him. They mentioned his maturity for a young guy. He just turned 21. Um, multiple times stuff that you pick up on these visits. They didn't bring a lot of the top guys in. You know, they didn't. They didn't have a bunch of first round prospects coming through Paul Brown Stadium. We used to be Paul Brown Stadium, now Paycor, whatever. <laughs> uh, but you didn't have a lot of that. But you had a few, and it's pretty notable to see that the few that did come through Forbes was one of those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, were ones that were sitting right there in their little uniform universe to pick from. So they, I, you know, they can say they didn't see this scenario coming, but uh, everything else says otherwise. Yeah. And what I, what I thought was really interesting too, when you look at the the first round and, and how it maybe pertains to the Bengals, I know some people are wondering, they've got, four really good starters, four well-paid starters on this D-line. Why do you need to go get another D-lineman? Um, look what the Eagles did last year, leading the league in sacks and all those defensive linemen and pass rushers they had. They had two first-round picks, and they took two more. They took Jalen Carter, nine, and then they took Nolan Smith, who was available to the Bengals. They went, they took, made that pick right after the Bengals did. I mean, that's just what this game's turning into is you, you need to counter these quarterbacks. You need as many of those guys as possible. Um, and I think it's a great point. We, you, BJ Hill probably played too many snaps. And if you, if you can, if you can get Miles Murphy in there and take some of that load off of him, and even Sam Hubbard played seventy eight percent of the snaps the last two years, that's too much for the for these guys. If you can if you can get quality production from your backups and lower that that snap count, it's just it's going to make a world of difference at the end of the at the end of the year, and even at the end of the games in early in the year when it's hot and these guys are getting gassed a little bit sooner. And, and something that we talked about um, in 
the trend story, which, by the way, congratulations, Justin Smith. You can rest (laughs) 22 years without taking a defensive lineman in the first round. It comes to an end. Justin Smith in 2001, the last time the Bengals selected a defensive lineman in the first round, I can stop bringing it up to Duke Tobin. He can stop (laughs) talking about coincidence. I, you know, uh, but, you know, one other – in that conversation, we were talking about defensive linemen in, in, in that trends podcast. I, I pointed out there's, there's one number that I don't think a lot of people have been talking about throughout this draft process. You mentioned all the edge rushers they have and how much money they make. Mm. Trey Hendrickson currently at, at this specific moment is – the largest cap number, well, not named Joe Burrow on the fifth year option, but we expected that. The second largest cap number on next year's team at seventeen and a half million dollars. Letting him go would only be two point five in dead money, fifteen million dollars in cap savings. This is not me cutting Trey Hendrickson. That's actually a hell of a deal when you consider the production that you get in the position and, and what that position costs. Again. Premium positions on rookie deals. We keep telling you how big that is and trying to offset the contracts they're about to give in, specifically on the defense side of the ball. But he's turning 29 in December, uh, this December, and has a huge number next year, the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. It op- If Murphy comes in and is great, maybe that's a move that if you're trying to find ways that you're saving money, maybe Hendrickson has an okay year isn't who he was or whatever. Who knows what happens? Yeah. Um, you have people in the pipeline. You've got to constantly be churning people mm-hmm. in the pipeline. The same way we talk about churning the pipeline at other premium positions, cornerback we've talked about, or you're talking about receiver com- that's coming up. What are you going to do there? We've talked a lot about that. The Bengals are in a luxurious position where they, they can do that. They can just – plug in waves and think about long-term and and Murphy's kind of a a really a a perfect example of that one that people might not think about as much because Hendrickson is under contract for the next two years, but the structure of it kind of makes this a contract year for him. Yeah. And you're right. No one's trying to cut him. No, no. But the depth goes beyond just the current 53 men. I mean, it's, you're talking about long-term depth there where you, you always got to have that insurance in place in, in case, Anything happens. I mean, you, you don't want to predict injuries, nothing like that, but you just don't know what the future holds. And it is, it's, we've seen them do this before at corner and thought Porter or a corner could be in play this year with this pick uh, to, uh, again, would be a similar situation where you're, you're kind of building for the future and adding depth in injury insurance this year, but you're not going to rotate corners the way you are defensive lineman and, and Zach said it this was for the the now and for the future it hits both of those yeah it does and you just you really can't have enough fast rushers rushing cover yeah. and there's just there's such a need and and you can the fact that he's got versatility is just another uh another versatile tool in the toolbox for the mad scientist to try to come up with packages to make it work. I fully expect a race car package next year uh, of Murphy and Osai working against guards Mm -hmm. and Hendrickson and Hubbard working on the outside uh, on third and eight. 
yeah. you know, over and over and over again. And that's a pretty scary thing. And he points out, if I can get more pressure with four, I can drop more guys in coverage and, and, yeah. and affect the quarterback that way too. So a lot to say there. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another interesting thing, you know, you had, you had a run of four straight receivers taken from 20 to 23. That was just a dream sequence for the Bengals. You know, they, they receivers coming off the board. I think they, I think they felt like they were counting on it. Um, but it, it did. It is what helped push that defensive line run. I think into their zone was mm-hmm. teams going after the uh, uh, not a great receiver class with finding a few guys that they believed in, and it happened. You know, Jameer Gibbs is a guy we spent a lot of time talking about, and he ends up going off the board to Detroit at twelve. 12. Just a stunning pick. I I, I think that stunned. People here with the Bengals internally, I think that they didn't quite see that coming. I think they thought he would be there in the universe, and I think he was on the board mm-hmm. in a big way. Um, that's not saying I don't. I don't. I don't know that he would have been over top of Miles Murphy, uh, but I think he's in that. I think he was on a short list there. Yeah, um, to, that it was a very real possibility of that happening. And I think him going off at twelve. Uh, was was kind of a, a shocker. One of the few shockers to their board, I think. Mm-hmm. Most of the things kind of fell pretty nicely for them today. Yeah, because we, uh, I mean, how many times did we talk about it? Initially, possibly trading back in the low 30s and having Gibbs available there. And then it was even a possible, do, do you pull the trigger and take Gibbs at 28? He was such a fit. And that was, that, I, that stunned the entire draft i mean just looking at the reaction from the analysts and the scouts everybody on twitter um nobody saw that coming and um the the lions <laughs> it was they made another pick too was it not was it a, no it wasn't a tight end they made two first round picks both non-premium positions yeah um just a, a really surprising linebacker yeah yeah the line yeah, yeah exactly so it did things broke the bengals way i thought it was interesting because we all the time we talked about possibly trading back and adding that pick. And I don't know how accurate this is. It, it, the clock on the NFL network feed said that there was still about nine minutes left when the Bengals turned the pick in. I mean, they clearly, and Zach said, it never thought this was going to happen. And then when Murphy's still sitting there, they couldn't have got the card in quick enough to, to grab him. Yeah. And uh, shout out to anybody that watched our mega mock draft. Got one. Yeah. Got one on that one. Hit hit the Murphy pick there. It's not quite as 
as good as hitting it in the uh, in the beat writer mock as you did, but I'll take it. I'll chalk it up. You know, James was going for all the praise. He was trying to just take yeah. all the corners. He may still get one, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm happy to say that I, I plucked out number one. Let's talk about tomorrow, though. Um, I, I think James may still get one because corner to me is clearly at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. You, you've got a nice cornerback class and one that you can take advantage of. And I wonder if that was uh, – now, if, if you talk about things that they didn't see coming, I don't think they could have expected Joey Porter Jr. being there. You didn't see that much anywhere. Maybe there's something we don't know about there. Whenever you see a long slide that's really weird, you wonder, is it a medical? Is there a, something that happened in interviews? Who knows? Something we don't know about. But if it was close, you wonder if you could see that the depth of this cornerback draft being part of what – uh, broke that tie in going for Murphy there because there are a lot of names that you can really like that are still available um, and, you know, would be right in the range of, of where they would be at 60. Um, if you watched South Carolina football last year, you know, two of them, uh, Cam Smith, Darius Rush, um, Dane has them at 63 overall and 66 overall. They are, again, Anarumo prototypes. We just saw one mm-hmm. Anarumo prototype come off the board. Uh, uh, two more here. It's length and speed, uh, some ball production. Certainly, they both have that rush a little bit faster. Uh, Cam Smith was a, was a hot prospect uh as a junior and came back and it didn't didn't quite uh pile on top of that didn't didn't become that next level guy but still a lot of talented a lot of tape there that you that you love um those two guys stand out to me you've mocked uh Julius Brents from Kansas State, super long, um, not quite as fast. I wonder if that would keep him off. But again, traits wise, um, a player on the rise uh, who has a, a lot of stuff to like. And there's others. I mean, you talk about uh, out of Miami, Tyreek Stevenson, mm-hmm. all these guys. I mean, Dane has all of them right in there 63, 66, 69th overall corner position, premium position. I I am nothing if not a broken record, Jay. Cam Taylor Britt Part Two yeah. is is in play. You already have three starting corners, but you know you need the next one mm-hmm. down the line, and you have the potential to come in with a second round pick who doesn't have to play immediately, who can sit and wait, and when his turn comes up, you have a really talented guy, and you hope by next year you feel great about him as a starting player. It does seem to set up well for that position as priority one in round two. And if it happens, it is Bengals history. They have never gone defense-defense with their first two picks in back-to-back drafts, and that would be the case after taking defensive guys in the first two picks last year. And, you know, to oversimplify the money and the draft, right? You <laughs> they, they built through the draft on offense, and they took advantage of that by paying all those guys on defense. Yeah. Uh, they, they went out and they got – Chidube Wuzier and Von Bell, and you know the list. DJ Reed, you name it. And they built the offense on the other side on cheap rookie deals. Now it switches. The offense is going to get all the money. They've got the offensive line that's well-paid. They're going to have the well-paid quarterback. They're going to have the well-paid receiver. And now the defense has to be the young group that grows up together on rookie contracts, which they just did on the other side of the ball, to offset that. How do you do that? 
six or seven picks last year, tops of this draft this year, yep. and boom, you you feel like you have all those pieces growing together. Um, and in a lot of them, and and they're going to play this year. I mean, you're going to have Cam Taylor Britt. You're going to have Dax Hill out there in starting roles. You're going to have Miles Murphy out here in the rotation. You you've got a lot of these pieces, and they just brought back. They did sign Jermaine Pratt back, but you you have a young group that you're invested in. I fully expect to see um, a corner come off the board in either second or the third round tomorrow. Yeah, and in it. It, I don't think there'll be enough of a run. That's the only thing that could take that out of it is if there's a crazy run on on corners and then you're kind of reaching for a guy at 60 um, late in the second round. And with, with Joey Porter still there, I mean, that that feels like a perfect – Steelers have the first pick tonight. Uh, that feels like a perfect <laughs> it does. Uh, uh, target for them. Um, and I, 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 I mocked Brents. I just – I what you were saying, he's the perfect – fit in terms of traits being so long his combine he had the the best long jump he had the third best broad jump everything except the 40 he he ran a he ran a four five three that's not great they like these guys down in the the high four twos the low four threes but he didn't run in his pro day maybe it was just a, a slow 40 you would think he would run at the pro day to try to improve on that but i don't think that's a i don't think that's gonna be uh, a deal breaker for them taking him. And if, if it is, I do agree. I think if it's one of the South Carolina guys that that would probably be the pick, but I'm not sure they last to 60. So a couple of picks that I think are potential tomorrow as well in round two that are picks. I'll call them. Ooh, picks. We, <laughs> Oh, what is this now? <laughs> I think you got to think about now that you've taken Murphy. What about still getting the three technique? Yeah. Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, out of Tommy Wadabore, out of Northwestern. I mean, who knows? Uh, he's a guy that I don't know where to place him. Like you see, some teams love him. Obviously, he's an absolute freak show as far as athletically. Um, would but does the fact that he doesn't have as much production in college push him all the way back to sixty? Would Benton still be there at sixty? The idea of adding those two guys to your to your pass rush that needs to come in waves and really getting the young future on your defensive line in there with a first round and a second rounder. Talk about out of character. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, they've been the least drafting defensive line team in the first two years forever. And now all of a sudden they could come up and double up. Not out of the not out of the question. I'll say this one. Cedric Tillman is a Mm. – it's just – it's the one that leaves the biggest tidal wave. And if he's sitting there and you don't know that you're going to be able to get the T extension done and you can have him come in and be your fourth receiver right now uh, as a a backup on the outside with some size. They don't have any backups with size. No. Trent Taylor, Trent Nerwin, these are not big guys. Um, And then it would be – the Dax Hill pick is what it would end up yeah. becoming, where you're saying, okay, the writing then becomes on the wall potentially for T. Higgins next year. I'm not saying that would happen. I'm saying you could see him being there, and you would wonder in the back of your mind if the Bengals would go that direction at a, at a premium position for yeah. them, certainly. Um, those, are, those are the ones that I think that would really make you jump back. Other than that, you know, tight end. I mean, the tight end watch will begin here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laporta, Tucker Craft. There's a ton of them. This is where we, we you know, Michael Mayer mm-hmm. didn't go off in the first round. What did we, we, we talked about the tight ends. How are teams going to view this deep class? What's it going to cause them to do? It, what did it cause them to do? Wait. Yeah. Except but, for one team. Except they for one. They traded up. They, they traded up. Dalton yeah. Kikade, who hopped 
Dallas, yeah. understanding that Dallas was probably going to take Kincaid, had to go in front of him, the Bills get him to pair with Dawson Knox. Um, I would have been really interested to see if if how they would have viewed Kincaid, but I I, I think that um, I think they loved Kincaid, yeah. but I think that um, this whole time they've they've envisioned utilizing the depth of the tight end position to fill it out. So w- will that mean you know second round if if you see the wait continue? When does the run happen? Does the run happen right at the Bengals pick where they're sitting there staring at? Luke Musgrave or Darnell Washington or, mm-hmm. or or somebody who they have as maybe the second or third tight end on their whole board um, and they're willing to take that pick? Or does that allow them to wait even further, thinking that somebody else they like will be there further back? It'll be a, a, a such an intriguing position to watch starting there in round two. Um, round three, you know, we talked about same positions that we've been talking about ad receiver and running back into the mix starting in round three, you can start to see them maybe going into that Tyler Boyd of the future position. I've mentioned yep. Jaden Reed from Michigan state a bunch of times, tank Dell, maybe a Roshan Johnson from Texas at running back who could come in and help fill you out there. Either way. Um, I think that's kind of the setup of things to watch tomorrow. How far into the young defense of premium positions did they go into um, I'll be stunned if a cornerback isn't one of the next two picks. Yeah, it might be two and done. You, you get Murphy tonight, you get a cornerback tomorrow, and then it's all offense from there on out. Yep. They could get a three tech, but I, I, I do, I, I think that they're going to start loading up on offense after they get, after they address corner and the, obviously the edge they already got. One guy hoping they don't get a three tech is Zach Carter, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who, who I think they're counting on a jump, jump yeah. from. And it's like, how, how comfortable and happy are you with Zach Carter? Do you mm. feel like you're going to get a second year jump from him? Do you feel like you already addressed the backup three technique position? Uh, maybe we'll, we'll learn the answer to that tomorrow. Probably. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jay, one late night down. <laughs> Two more late nights to go. But, of course, we'll continue to have the walkouts coming to you. Make sure you check out. Uh, we've got stories up. Got my big board up uh, for tomorrow. Uh, we've got a story on some of the things the coaches said and some background on Miles Murphy. Jay's got a story up, an analysis piece that you can go read. So make sure you check everything out at The Athletic. Plus, everything across our site is stocked with goodies after the first round of this draft. So, all right. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow night, everybody. Have a good one.